home, I, I was uh, uh, reflecting on the father's heart. Maybe deep in his heart, the father was calling out his son to come home. I thought about uh, the younger son, the prodigal son. He was pretty bad. And seeing him, I was kind of even angry uh, with his attitude. Uh, I mean, he said, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. The share that will belong to him. What does that mean? Not the share that belongs to him right now, but the share that will belong to him. When? When the father passes away. (laughs) When the father dies. So right in front of his father, he's telling him, give me the share that I'm supposed to have when you die. In other words, I'll consider you dead. So why don't you just give me the money that I need? And he took the money. He went away. I don't know why father gave him the money. If Joshua came to me and did that, smack, (laughs) go to your room. (laughs) I would have said that. But the father gave him uh, the money. The father looked pretty foolish. He left home as though he would never come back. But when he lost everything, and when he was miserable, and when he was hungry, he came home. He had a thick skin, I thought. I mean, he took all the money and then he came back just because he was hungry. And I was describing all this in KSM uh, service and then one woman said, not fair! (laughs) In the middle of sermon. She does that. Always in in English, right? (laughs) Not fair! She she was angry. (laughs) Yeah, it's not fair. He's coming back home. Was it true repentance? I wonder. I mean, he said it, but the words don't mean much. He said, I have sinned against Father, and I have sinned against the, uh, God and whatever, heaven or whatever, but I don't believe in the words. Was he really, really sorry in his heart as he said? Or was it because he knew that there was enough food at home? I mean, this was what he said. How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I got to go home. So he came home. Maybe he was because he was hungry. Was his motive really pure? Or was his action still just for himself? Did he come back just for food? But the thing is, the father didn't ask him any question. 
He was just happy that his son came back. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He was so excited. He was running around everywhere ordering his servants. Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatty calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. He was ecstatic. Seeing this kind of uh, behavior of his father, I kind of felt that he looked foolish. He looked foolish. It wasn't that his son won a gold medal and came back home in glory. He lived a filthy life, spending all his money on prostitutes. And the father threw a party just because he came back home. The father looked foolish. That was what the elder son saw. He didn't really say it literally in this way, but this is stupid. This is stupid. This is what he said. But when this son of yours, it's not his brother, when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatty calf for him. In this parable, we can see many different messages. God who forgives sinners, And God who values each person preciously. God who searches for the lost. God who waits for the sinners to come home. There are many messages in this parable. But this time, somehow my eyes went to this father and his foolishness. This father and his foolishness. And then I realized that love is foolish. Love is foolish. The father, the foolishness, the foolishness of the father is what love looks like. Love is not always reasonable. When Mary poured the expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, That perfume was 300 denarii. 300 denarii. One denarian was one person's wage a day. 300 denarii is more than 10,000, almost $20,000 perfume. She just poured and wasted on Jesus' feet. It was foolish, wasn't it? Yes. Mary's action was not reasonable. The disciples rebuked Mary for her foolishness. You know, with their money, you can save so many hungry people. You just wasted it. That's right. Love is foolish. Love doesn't calculate. Love doesn't ask, what's in it for me? 
Love doesn't always ask what is the right thing to do. The father didn't ask the son why he did it, whether he learned the lesson, whether he realized how good your home was. He was simply happy and wanted to celebrate. This foolishness is hidden in the cross. That's where this foolishness is hidden. The cross. Jesus was hung on the cross. He was righteous but died like a criminal. The worst criminal. That's foolishness. That's why St. Paul said, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. The foolishness is hidden in the cross. Then St. Paul also said, for God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. I think that is the core of the gospel. That is the essence of the gospel. God's foolishness, foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. God's foolishness and God's weakness Our God's love. The foolishness and weakness that come from love have the power to change. That is the only power that can change us. That can change us. That's why the cross has the power to save us. The worldly power corrupts. But the power of the cross saves. Because within the cross, God's foolishness and weakness of love are hidden. Jesus embraced this kind of foolishness and weakness in his death. I don't really know how much the prodigal son really repented or how sincere he was. I don't really know. He might have been. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter. I believe that. The foolishness and weakness of the father saved him. People of our time value intelligence. Why? Because that is a power. Intelligence is money, and money is a power. That's why we value intelligence. People want to be smart. They want to have a power. Power to control, power to dominate, and power to conquer. Whenever, whenever they are threatened, they use this power. But as we exercise 
this kind of power, we lose the power of love. When we relate to each other with this kind of power, the love disappears. Last week I read uh, Mary Jo Letty, uh, her uh, lecture. She is working with the refugees uh, in the west end of uh, Toronto. Uh, she has about four uh, house, houses and then they have uh, 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 refugees living. There. And she lives there too. And also she teaches at uh, University of Toronto. I really like the way she interpreted the power. She said, uh, people think that power is a thing, like money. If power is a thing, then some people have more power and others have less power. But she said, thanks to the discovery of science, she said, power is like Two, when two or more molecules are together and vibrate, the energy is created, and that power is that energy. I explained that uh, to uh, uh, women's Bible study already. That was a very interesting way of looking at the power. So one individual can never have the power. Only when we are together, then when we vibrate together with inspiration, then that energy is created. It's not just the inspiration, but even, even though we, are, we, are, we debate with each other, we disagree with each other, when we are relating to each other, that power is created and the energy is created and that energy is the creative power to save human life. When we are together and inspire each other, discuss and even debate, the creative energy is produced and that power will save, save all of us. Not the power to conquer and dominate, that only kills. That only kills each other. But that energy, that power that comes from all of us that saves us, that enlivens us, that empowers us. When we let down our own wisdom and our own raw power and share our brokenness and vulnerability, then we will experience the power that comes from the weakness. That power and only that power can forgive sinners, save them, and make them new. By that power, the community becomes the community of forgiveness and community of love, and that kind of community is a spiritual community. The foolishness and weakness are the sacrifice of the cross. That is a face of the sacrifice. Sacrifice looks foolish, but it is the wisest thing. Sacrifice looks weak, but it is the strongest thing. 
power that comes from sacrifice is not the power to oppress, dominate, and conquer, but to serve, build up, heal, and empower others. What kind of power is operating within you? What kind of smartness or wisdom is operating within you? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be, be transformed by God's foolishness and God's weakness. Then we will live. Let us sing together.